let you listen to it. How would that be? Can y'all just listen instead of, if you want to come up here and see Benny, go ahead. But my iPad's so dirty, I'm ashamed. <laughs> looks like I ate supper on it. But I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here we, let's see. Okay, so we're going to do this. Turn it down if I blast them out. Wait a minute. See, I don't think my, I think my need turn. Psalms 27, 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What a great verse. Seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We are on the threshold of that, if not already seeing the goodness of the Lord go before us and in our lives. Now, I have got some prophetic words that I have been gathering from different people that we respect and there's one of them that I want to talk to you about today because we are going to pray into that. And Patricia King just had a prophetic encounter that she sent out to us. And I want to read it to you. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's real long. But there is some great stuff in here. Waiting in the corridor. Immediately I was in a corridor in front of a door. Although the corridor had a degree of glory in its atmosphere, the sign on the door said revival and produced an unquenchable passion in me to enter. An angel stood outside the door guarding the room. So some were approaching the door but could not enter because they did not have the right key. I saw one approach with a key called Hope. The angel smiled and said, this key will not give you entrance into the room, but you can wait here in the corridor outside the room. Stay close to the door. Another came with a key called desperation. How many are desperate for God? Yeah, well, that's not the key. <laughs> Although it's a good key. And the angel said, this will not permit you to enter. Yet another came with a key called expectation. The angel communicated, you are very close. But no cigar. <laughs> That's not in there. I put that in there. <laughs> Remain here at my side. The key that opened the door. Many others came with various keys, but none of them were able to open the door. And the quarter was full of people waiting and longing to enter the room. One approached the angel showing the key called faith-filled prayers. Ah. The angel's face lit up and proclaimed, this is the key that will open the door, and the door opened. Now, in a prophetic word, she says, the Lord says, I, will, I have prepared a revival for you, an outpouring of my spirit that will be filled with my glory, my fire, my love. Burst this outpouring with the key of faith-filled prayers. When you see the first signs, continue to pray and continue to birth. Do not simply remain in the quarter that has a measure of glory, but press through the passionate faith-filled prayer and enter the room called revival. I will show you things that you know not. I will reveal kingdom mysteries to you in this season. Ooh, that'll be fun. I will demonstrate your po my power and there will be a great harvest as the river of revival goes to the nations. I think this is connected to the Azusa thing that's happening in April. 
Partner with me, for I desire to pour out my spirit in a new wave upon the earth in this hour. The keys of hope, desperation, and expectation are important keys, and they will position you in the quarter, but it is the key of faith-filled prayers that will open the door to the fullness of what I have for you and for all. Isn't that an amazing word? Okay, amen. So that's an encouraging word for us to keep praying. Hallelujah, because faith-filled prayers is going to open the door to revival. Glory to God. So let's go over to James chapter 5. This is, we're going to be talking about prayer tonight. James chapter 5. And our title tonight is, uh, What Am I Responsible For in Prayer? What am I responsible for in prayer? And hopefully we will. And we're going to talk about uh, personal prayer tonight. But what am I responsible for? And eventually we're, I, I, I was going to, what I wanted to teach on this and what I felt like was in my heart to teach on this January when we started this was to teach on corporate prayer. But the Lord's had me start before that and, and review some things that we, we may know some of them, but we can take a review. And then in verse, okay, verse 13. So this is our key scripture for this series. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Say the prayer of faith. The prayer. Or the prayer offered in faith, also in some versions, shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and they shall be committed... In, if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. And then the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then we, we could go on and read about Elijah, but we've done that. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, that's a covenant man, isn't it? Hallelujah. To be righteous, you have to be in covenant with God. And so this is talking about the prayers of covenant men and women. And it says they have to be effectual and fervent. But when they are, they will avail much. And going back up to 15 and the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith or the prayer offered in faith, that every prayer we pray be a prayer of faith, be offered in faith. In other words, hallelujah, we can't pray prayers and get results if we don't have faith for that. So if you want to pray for, you know, something kind of outlandish that you can't find in the Word of God, you're not going to have faith for it. Hallelujah. So therefore, you know, and that's how, that's because God said these are laws. These are the laws of the kingdom. And so that's how people don't get things that would destroy the earth and stuff like that because their prayers are not based on faith so they can pray you know god burn that town down or whatever they can pray those kind of things and you'd think nobody would be praying those kind of things but they are <laughs> crazy things out there but that's what keeps people from getting uh crazy weird prayers that bring damage and bring, come to kill still and destroy and those things hallelujah because a lot of people have never have been taught on prayer they've not thought prayer through and then some people are just crazy so hallelujah 
So uh, what am I responsible for in prayer? Well, of course, I'm, I want to tell you something that you're responsible for that you may not have thought of in prayer. And that is you are responsible to pray for yourself. You need to pray for yourself. And I bet you that a lot of Christians are neglecting, even praying Christians, are neglecting praying for themselves. But you are your best prayer for yourself. First of all, you know what you need. You may not know it everything and then sometimes and we we need the body of Christ. I'm not trying to discount that. And we need to pray for another and sometimes I just I need a I need somebody to come alongside and see what I'm not seeing or help me with something or help me to push something through. We're not discounting any of that, but we are saying that you must be praying for yourself because you are your best uh intercessor if you could say it that way you're the best one to pray for you at least initially and he says that there in um, that verse right before is any among you afflicted or going through a test or a trial hallelujah let him pray and so many times we run to somebody else first before we actually pray and i'm not even just or we've just in a minor way thrown up a little prayer instead of uh you know, praying for ourselves on a regular basis. And so you are responsible to pray for you, yourself. You're responsible to pray for your spouse if you're married. Hallelujah. You're your spouse's best intercessor. I've always said that. You are the best. No one knows what your spouse needs. And nobody, you know, guess what? Except in a general sense, as a church member and so forth, pastors praying for people in the church. I'm praying for people in the church. And, uh, you know, but there's days that you get lumped into the people of River Church. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you get a, uh, you know, a prayer that, that's going out there over all of you. But, uh, hallelujah. Uh, so nobody's going to pray for your husband. Brother Copeland's not going to do it, you know. Nobody's going to pray for your wife. And we need the prayers of our spouses. Hallelujah. I know I want pastor to pray for me, and I don't want him to lump me in with all the River Church people. I won't. <laughs> Although I am a River Church people, don't lump me in there. You, you, be, you be on it. Hallelujah. And then I'm responsible to pray for my children and my grandchildren. And never underestimate the power of a mama's prayers or a grandmother's prayers or a granddaddy's prayers. Or I tell you what, there's been more grandmothers save, get kids saved. I tell you what, my grandmother kept our family afloat. And when she went to heaven, there was one hope that my dad's brother's branch of the family, they fell into the river and went to pot. <laughs> Literally. I mean... <laughs> Some of them literally. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, some of them live up there in Colorado. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, they, but anyway, just from what I see on Facebook, they're a strange crew. But my grandmother kept everybody in order and kept them prayed up. And she saw to it that all four of her grandchildren, three of which were raised Episcopalian, got saved. 
And she not only prayed for them, she led them to Christ. And so they're Episcopalian, but they're saved. They're born again. Her grandchildren are. And we should be able to say the same for all of your grandchildren. So you're responsible there. And God's going to hold you accountable and responsible for those things. And then he's going to hold you accountable for your church and your pastor. And uh, you need to pray for your church. You need to pray for your pastor. Guess what? First Baptist Church is not praying for Pastor Michael. And they're not praying for River Church, I'm sure. And if they were, I don't know. They might be wanting to pray us out of business because you know them people down there, they're weird or something. I'm not saying they would, but I'm sure there are churches in town that would like to to say that about us, that we are different, we are weird, whatever. Hallelujah. It's going to be so fun when we get to heaven and they go, you mean they weren't different and they weren't weird? And they, he was like, no, you were the ones that were different and weird. Go to kindergarten. <laughs> or preschool. Hallelujah. That's really what we're going to be doing for seven years is we're going to be studying the Word of God and getting caught up and learning everything the right way that we didn't learn the right way down here. Hallelujah. And some people are just going to be getting to know. They're going to be like, this is a Bible. <laughs> this is the holy written word of God. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, ugly or anything. I'm just saying to you, that's the truth. And I used to be, boy, if Jesus had come prior to 1980, I would have been in this is the Bible class. Well, I, I would have known it was a Bible, but I would have not known anything that was in it. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I understand. I totally get it. But I'm glad I don't have to go to that class now. I'm not going to be in kindergarten. I don't know where I'll be. It might just be third grade, depending on, you know, there is a lot to learn. But I won't be in K in kindergarten, okay? And I don't believe you will be either because I believe that, that you have hungered for the Word of God and you've received it uh, taught. Hallelujah. So uh, we're responsible for those things. And then we're, we're responsible for our nation. We know that Timothy tells us that we should be praying for our nation. Most people say, most ministers say, that the America wouldn't be in the shape it's in if we had prayed. I'm sure that is... Uh, uh, true uh, to some extent or or the other that that we could have changed things by praying if we had uh, been taught to and if we had I'm not trying to take the responsibility off by saying we weren't taught but I am saying uh, you know hallelujah we were responsible let's just go with that then we're also responsible uh, for anything else that the Holy Spirit lays on our hearts and you know what? He's given everybody an assignment in prayer. Just like he's given us all an assignment that, that, that we're supposed to accomplish. Uh, remember, he gave the talents. He gave everybody at least one talent, didn't he, in that parable that Jesus gave. And, one, and then some people he gave two and some people he gave five. Some people are more responsible than others. But to all of us have a responsibility. And I believe that one of those responsibilities is a prayer assignment. And so you have to discover what your prayer assignment is. And it, does, it could fluctuate. This year you might have a prayer assignment and God might release you from that and you go on. But and then next year, you might have something. And I mean, it's not even by year. It could be a week. It could be a day. It could be, I'm asking you to pray for this today. We need to be available to God to pray the prayers that he wants us to pray. Hallelujah. And if that means he wakes us up at 3 in the morning, so be it. Hallelujah. But I would tell him, I think I'd 
do a lot better if you give me that assignment about nine o'clock in the morning or eight thirty. So, you know, after I've had my coffee, and that starts at seven or whatever. So uh, anyway, uh, but we have to be available to him because he, when he needs somebody prayed for, when there's something right then, right there, then he's going to call on you. And he's, and if we turn him down, I remember uh, the nine eleven attack. Uh, that uh, Jean, Jeannie Wilkerson, not the, not the weird one, but the one that the old timer praying lady that Brother Hagen would only let her pray for him. I've heard that that he only let her pro- prophesy to him. He, he only let her prophesy to him. She was a prophet. She was an intercessor, and I heard that she called Billy Brim and some of those people after the 9/11 attacks and said, "Man, I had that. I was, I had it. I had it. I was praying it. I was praying it. I was praying something. She knew she was battling something. She knew she was trying to stop something. She said, but I, I, I just, I did, I couldn't get it all. I couldn't get it." But, you know, I'm confident that she got some of it. And other people were praying, too. I've heard other people say that they had that since then, that they they had that burden. They had that assignment come on their life. And I, would, I didn't. I was clueless, you know. But other people that did have that assignment. But the, why couldn't we have gotten it all and stopped it? I think the reason we couldn't get it all is not because it's because God couldn't find enough people to take up the assignment. Not because he didn't call on enough, but because he couldn't find enough that could hear him well enough and respond and take the time. And, you know, because you've got to, when God gives you an assignment like that, you've got to take the time. You've got to set aside. You've got you to go and, and wherever you pray, and you've got to pray right then. And so he couldn't find enough. And so we weren't, the, the body of Christ was not able to stop that vicious attack from uh, terrorists. Uh, however, uh, a lot of people were saved that sh- that could have been killed, and seems like they would have been killed. A lot of people didn't go to work. They're, so prayer was working and minimized the effects. And so, uh, but since then, the body of Christ has been a little more awake and uh, praying for those things. And there's been a many, many attacks averted by prayer, where the the they discovered them it's no act it's not a it's not a just oh these are really smart people over here in uh england who uncovered an attack no it was the prayers of the saints that caused them to have the revelation or the insight or whatever that caused it it never underestimate and say that that anything good that happens in this earth had anything but prayer to do with it it's not hallelujah if it wasn't for prayer if it wasn't for the prayers of the saints right now the whole thing would just go haywire and and the oh that old what is his name over and i don't even know his name i don't even want to know his name i just call him buddha little buddha over there in north korea (laughs) hallelujah over there in North Korea would put his finger on the button. He would if it wasn't for the prayers of the saints. So don't think you're too small or you're too little or you're too insignificant or you don't know enough to bind up Iran from getting a nuclear weapon or to bind up 
what's his name over there? I mean, you might ought to find out his name. If you, if God gives him to you for a prayer assignment, it'd be good. It'd be really neat to find out his name and call him by name. But hallelujah. But you're, you're big enough to do it. Your prayers added with other people's prayers and the prayers we pray in the spirit we pray in tongues we're big enough to do it so don't discount yourself it doesn't you know the truth is andrew and matthew could do it and if we could get laura beth to talk she could do it probably hallelujah we could do you know we might have to tell her what to say us but you know what i'm saying there's not a there's not you're, you're not insignificant, and the fact you're very important, and you must pray, and I must pray. Hallelujah. Okay, hallelujah. So that's our responsibilities in prayer. So am I responsible? Yes, I am tremendously responsible. You know, there's a lot of wasted prayer out there. We're going to kind of change the subject and go into some things about personal prayer. And I don't know about you, but I just don't want to waste my time in prayer, do y'all? And I don't want to waste, I just don't want to waste God's time. I don't want my prayers to be those that just don't go anywhere, don't do anything. They're just out there and they're out there in the spiritual realm or wherever the earth realm not even didn't even make it to the second heaven you know they're just floating around out there because if they're not prayers that god hears and they're not praying according to his will and they're not praying according to the word then they're just floating around out there they're not doing anything they didn't go they didn't uh, they didn't go now we're not going by feelings in that you know some people like to say well, I don't. I feel like the heavens are brass. I feel like my prayers are not getting any higher than the ceiling. Well, that's feel like, and we've always felt like that. We've all felt like that at some time or another. But that doesn't have anything to do with whether they're getting through. It has everything to do with: Are you praying effectively? Are you praying according to the word? Are you praying according to God's will? So it has nothing to do with how you feel that day. I've had days where I just I felt I just felt like my prayers were. Just, I just was all over the place. I was just, you know, Lord, help me. I'm getting nowhere and I'm getting there fast if you don't help me. That's how I felt. But hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes I'm telling you, one prayer prayed right could change everything about you, about your family. Hallelujah. So uh, some prayers we don't want to pray is, Lord, bless so-and-so. And that doesn't mean that I might, sorry, I'm always say I'm going to pray for Melissa today. And I'll say, Lord, bless Melissa. And Lord, I thank you for opening the eyes of her understanding. I ask you to show her things she's never seen before today. I pray she would have an encounter with you, Lord, that was, would, that would just, Father, that would transform her whole life. And I just thank you for that. I, I ask you, Lord, to bless her with that encounter. And Lord, that she would know your presence like never before. Now, we're not talking about praying that kind of prayer where you ask God to bless her and you ask him for something specific to bless her with. But we're just talking about getting a list and going down, Lord, bless Melissa, bless Pastor, bless Kenny, bless Eric. You know, just that's not praying. That's, that's not praying. Be better to pick one person and really let them have it in prayer. Yeah. You know, turn them wrong side out. 
hallelujah, in prayer than to pray that kind of prayer. Or let's talk about this. Here's another wasted prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Now, if, if somebody just pulled out in front of you and you're about to go through the windshield, Lord, help me is fine. <laughs> That's a fine prayer for that. But if you're just praying in your closet, your prayer closet, just Lord, help me is not sufficient. What do you need? Be specific. We need, what do you need? What do you want God to do for you? That is the accurate way to pray. I mean, there's been times where we just, you just have to have time to say Jesus, you know, but we're not talking about those times. Or here's another wasted prayer. Oh, Lord, I need, and that's the person that only prays when they're in trouble. Oh, Lord, I need. Oh, Lord, I need. Oh, Lord, I need. And they don't ever pray for anything else. Uh, Never uh, give them selfish prayers. Bless my four, no more. That kind of prayers, you know. Lord, make me humble. Do whatever it takes. First of all, yeah. Um, And if you say do whatever it takes, that's an open door for the devil. So it's like, God, you got to change my husband. Do whatever it takes. You just open the door. You better shut the door. Praise God. You'd be better off to pray the word over your husband, Psalm 112, or pray in tongues over your husband. Or if you know, Lord, make him humble. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Okay, then, Lord, if it be thy will, we do not pray that prayer for healing or those kind of things, for healing or anything bought in the new covenant. Anything Jesus paid the price for, we do not pray if it be thy will. We do pray if it be thy will or not my will, but your will concerning things we do not know. Uh, the will of God on. We, In other words, we go to the Lord. We say, Lord, there's this situation. I've been offered a new job. Hallelujah. I don't know whether to take it or not. Lord, I'm asking for wisdom, but I'm asking, Lord, for your will, not my will. In other words, you are endeavoring to become submitted to God. Help me, Lord, to get my soul out of the way. Help me, Lord, to get my what I think out of the way. You know, because the devil has a way. You can pray for a raise, and sometimes the devil will send a fa- something false. I mean, uh, you know, it's not the it's not always the first door that opens after you pray a prayer. You better make sure that you're supposed to do what you're supposed you do. I mean, hallelujah. I believe if we truly seek the Lord and we truly submit our will, that He will keep us from making a mistake. And I don't know about you, but I've we have cleaned up enough messes in our life. And I'm not talking about serious messes. We've not had to clean up sin messes and stuff like that. But we've cleaned up just well. We missed it, you know. And you know, we didn't we didn't make a right decision. I remember one time we sold our house in Seminole to. Uh, we let somebody assume a loan and just never thought it through. Never, We prayed about it, you know, but our prayer was hurry up and sell this house. And 
and we had an assumable loan and it's like boy this looks good especially when it's the county attorney that wants to buy it sure that should have been an alarm like why does the county attorney not have any money there's a there is a reason you know when and uh uh but uh you know there but anyway we missed it and down the road it cost us you know, but because we had a repentant heart, God minimized the cost. We boy, we were repenting in sackcloth and ashes. And I was like, Lord, why didn't you show me it was wrong? And he said, Debbie, I expect you to not only know your Bible, I expect you to obey the Bible. And the Bible says we're not to co-sign. And an assumable loan is just a co-sign that we're guaranteeing somebody else's loan. Now, do I hallelujah. And that's in Proverbs if you need to look it up, if you need more confirmation on that. Uh, <clears throat> now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. As long as my children are under my roof and under my control, I would co-sign. And we did co-sign, I believe, for Eric's first pickup. Because he couldn't have got a pickup. And he made the payments. He did it all. But we co-signed. But he's, he's 16 years old. He's under my authority. If he doesn't do right, I'll beat him. <laughs> Although we didn't, you can ask him. He he never got a spanking after, I think he was about 15 or 14, the last paddling he got. And uh, hallelujah. He's never had a paddling in Tuscaloosa County. Let's just say it that way. Um, <laughs> he, I think he might have, I think I might should have. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> no. Uh, there's still time. Well, I did paddle. I did paddle Colin Saturday night. We were having a birthday party, and I don't know why, but Laura Beth, she kept wanting me to spank him, and she kept going like this and pointing at Colin. <laughs> oh, and I know he needed it. I know he did. So I, I went over there. No, it was Carter. It wasn't Colin. It was Carter. And I went over there and whap whapped him, and she was happy. She was happy. It was it wasn't Colin. It was Carter. Hallelujah. I'm sure he deserved it. I know he did. I can't remember what he did, but hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> so, Lord, uh, uh, then, then praying this, Oh, Lord, please hear me. Oh, give me strength. Hallelujah. You know, you just know better than that. Y'all are smarter than that. Okay. Then another thing that's wasted is praying, trying to talk God into something. Hallelujah. Number one, you're not going to change God's will. Now, some people, it is commonly taught in religion that you can change God's mind in prayer. But that is not true. The Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord God and I change not. And if He changes not, He changes not. His will is perfect and you're not going to change His mind. But people that think like that believe that you can beg God into healing people, you can... Pray God into healing people. But we have to remember, and you know this, we are not trying to get God to heal people because He's already talked into it. Jesus, the man came up and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me uh, clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be thou clean. I am willing. One version says, I am desiring it with all my heart. You do not have to beg God to heal people. But what we do have to do is contend with the devil. He's the one that's opposing every, he is opposing every one of your prayers. I don't care what you're praying for. He's opposing it. Now, the only reason that uh, that we're having victory is, first of all, is if you know how to pray. I'll get in that in a minute. But also, if you... Um, 
Uh, he can't be everywhere. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at one time. And so there's some things that you go, boy, that prayer got answered fast. Wow, that's because the devil was in Egypt or somewhere and his cohorts did not see that one coming, didn't see it come through. You know, sometimes I think we need to keep our mouth shut more. And there are times that I have prayed something so much I didn't want the devil to know that I said, Lord, now I'm going to pray this, but I'm not even going to say this out loud. Or he can't read your mind, or I would say it so low I knew the Lord could hear it. But if there was a demon spirit in that room, he couldn't have heard it. I have done that. I have done that. I don't do that every time. But the devil, if you tell everybody in the world, yak, 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 to your neighbor, and na, 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 and they carry it, and they tell it, and all that, pretty soon the devil's going to figure it out. He, <laughs> He's going to be somewhere, and he's going to figure out what it is you're asking, and he wants to stop it, especially for those that had no God, know how to pray, and so forth. Uh, so... Um, <clears throat> So some people think that God moves after they pray because they begged him or they are, you know, whatever, or they got, we had a prayer chain of 10,000. That didn't help. I can promise you that didn't help. You know, first of all, 9,990 didn't even pray on the prayer chain of 10,000. That's my thinking. And, the, and then five of those prayed wrong. Well, God, you know it ain't your will for them to have that, especially, you know. But And then the five that prayed right, well, hallelujah. Well, glory to God. You probably could have told them right there in church sitting by you, the five that prayed right instead of your ten. But a lot of people think that's why they got their prayer answered, but it's not. The reason we got our prayer answered is because we finally prayed something that was in accordance with his will. Because when we pray according to His will, it does not take 10,000 to, to, to get every prayer answered. It does not take, you know, yes, we need the power of agreement. We'll go into that more in corporate prayer. But hallelujah, it needs to be agreement when it's agreement. And when it's agreement, when somebody believes like you and wants what you want and they have the same heart for it and they're committed to it like you are committed to it that's why the husband and wife is the best place for agreement for prayers for the family because y'all are both committed to the same thing me and him want the same thing for our grandkids we want the same thing for our kids uh we want the same thing you know in our home and in our lives and in our marriage so we're the best ones to pray even our parents don't agree with some of the things we would pray for and say god i want you know we want this and they would say no 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 you don't you think your parents unless they have a renewed mind to prosperity sometimes they i remember we got married and we were going to have a getting a new washer and dryer in our 12 by 60 mobile home getting brand new it was but and i there were family members in the parents who did not like it because they didn't have a washer and dryer when they got married boy that is an unrenewed mind that doesn't want your kids to have better uh than you have but i'm telling you we've been through a lot of mess like that uh the unrenewed mind is just selfish fearful and all sorts of things so uh 
husband and wife, that's the best place to go. First John 5, let's go there. We read this last week, and I could, that was all kind of just introductory. But I, I can that just straightens your life out right there. I, hallelujah. First John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Let me just say, you can trust God. You can go to Him, and you can submit your will to Him. And God is not going to deny you a blessed life. He's not going to deny you the things that are good for you. He wants you to have them more than you want to have them. And God knows how to make His will known to you. So it's the reason we miss it is because we get our soul involved. I've talked to you this about this before, that you can just go down and look at, at new cars and smell them and, you know, get in one and sit in it and look at all the bells and whistles. And, and you'll be like, this is God's will. This is God's will today. And, and the salespeople will agree with you. This is God's will today. And they can pretty much make it happen. They don't really matter. They're not considering, can this person afford it? Neither should they. It is not their responsibility to, to qualify people in the sense of, is this right? Is this God's timing? Is this God's... And yes, it, you know, a new car might be ultimately God's will, but it might be, there might be some steps or whatever. You know, you, you, you have to be willing to, to, to submit your will. You know, you can uh, snuggle up to some old guy and smell his cologne and it won't matter. He could be dealing drugs and you'd be like, boy, this is God's will. This is God. Actually, we have had this happen in the church. <laughs> this is God's will. This is God's will. I know this is God's will. I can't help it if they moved here from some other country that has connections to the Taliban. I mean, and you don't know a thing about them. You know, we have those kind of things happen. And you can get your soul involved and you can't hear God's will. Hallelujah. Mm. So we must know God's will. We must find it out. And I will say this. When we pray out the plans of God in advance for our lives, then when we get to situations, we're more likely to know what His will is when we get there. Hallelujah. But we need to be we need to be uh, humble enough to admit my soul's involved here. My soul is involved because I know Pastor and I have had a situation recently where our soul was involved and we just kind of had to uh, turn it over to the will of God. And then we asked some people and got some insight also, but we turned it over to the will of God because our soul was involved. We and we were have, we were struggling. We were hearing God, but we were struggling also at the same time. Isaiah forty three. Let's go there. Uh, so first of all, under this, know the will of God. We need to find scriptures for what we are asking for. We need to uh, at least be in pursuit. Lord, what are you saying? God's going to speak to us more clearly from his word. And that's what happened with us. Finally, as we put some time 
and more time into the Word of God, uh, we begin to God. God even used, He used the places even that where we were reading in our daily Bible reading. It's amazing how God can quicken you. God's so smart. It's like it's not just amazing that He quickens you during your daily Bible reading. It's amazing that He had you reading that part of the Bible for your daily Bible reading because He knew you would need a certain place on a certain day. I'm telling you, it's even happened to me where I got one day, I was so busy praying or I was so busy in some other realm of being with God and soaking or something where I didn't read my daily Bible reading that day. I might have read the Word, but I didn't read that. And then I didn't read it. And then the next day, when I needed a question answered, God was even in the skip me skipping the daily Bible reading so that I could get there on the day I needed to get there to hear. God is ordering your life more than you think. And my life, He is ordering our steps. That's what we pray. God, order my steps in your word. Order my steps in in uh and and causes us to hear what we have to have and what we need to hear. So we find scripture and verse for the things that we're believing for. Isaiah 43, 25 says, then though after we find scriptures and verse, we uh, put him in remembrance. We put him in remembrance. Verse 26 of Isaiah 43, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. And this is really good also concerning the promises that he's already promised you. Put him in remembrance of the things that he has promised you. One of the things he's promised Rivers Church is that proper to be given, and we don't even have to lift a finger to make it happen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're just standing on it. We don't know what that means. But we, we don't know what it means, but we're standing. Ephesians 6, we're, we're putting him in remembrance of it. Lord, the prophet said. I even tell him, Lord, now you said for us to believe the prophet. And so I believe the prophet. And you said for us to that if we believe the prophet, we'd prosper. And I, I believe the prophet. So, praise God, I don't care if the prophet was right or not. I don't care if he was, I don't care if he was even a good prophet. Bless God, the prophet said, and I'm expecting you to honor it in spite of him. Or I—that's how I am. That's how I believe. And of course, I don't believe we. I, Pastor, and I hadn't, hadn't heard from any bad prophets, but Hallelujah! When they say it, I believe it. Ephesians six, unless it was against the word, and I've never had anybody do that either. And you know, if somebody tells me something and it says this month. Well, by March, you're going to get this. I don't even get upset about that. I just figure the devil came in and tried to slow it down or stop it. So just keep hanging on. Don't, oh, well, they're a false prophet. Hallelujah. I heard one that, that uh, let's see, I heard one prophesied. Boy, some people are squealing about frost, false prophet because I believe they said somebody was going to win the primary in Iowa and they didn't win <laughs> I don't remember exactly what that was so I'm not calling any I didn't even know who the prophet was and but there's people squealing about it and he, you know which I don't know but Ephesians six ten. hallelujah but I can name some that said some things concerning uh some the last election and and things that were going to happen and boy it's going to have to hurry up to happen that's all I can say about that okay 
where am I at? Ephesians 6, 10, 12. 10 through 12. Ephesians 6. It always helps getting right. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now that's a big mouthful, but that's our prayer armor right there. Hallelujah. We need to put the armor on uh, we should put the armor on before we pray. Hallelujah. We should put the armor on certainly before we go to wrestle with those things that are not flesh and blood, but are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. I do not want to wrestle with those things uh, unless I'm coming under. Uh, I've got my prayer armor on. Amen. And the way you put your prayer armor on, we'll just cover this and then we'll be through uh, this evening. So we're going to put our prayer arm, armor on tonight. And so here's the way you put your prayer armor on is the same way you put Psalm 91 on is you put it on by saying. I know that seems. And you know, if you don't understand a piece of the armor, you ought to you ought to just not just blow past it but let's let's so we're gonna say tonight we're gonna put it on uh so you can kind of follow along with me uh and say it with your i don't know anyway do the best you can hallelujah we take the whole armor of god lord right now hallelujah we take it right now and we, have, we gird our loins with truth. Your word is truth, Father. And we put on truth every day. We put on the word of God. Your word is truth to us. And we, uh, we sell out to your word. And Lord, we commit to having this truth on. And we do not violate this truth intentionally in Jesus' name. And we put on the breastplate of righteousness. We know, Lord, your blood has cleansed us, washed us. And, Lord, that we have been given a free gift of righteousness. That you knew no sin. Uh, became sin. You, be, you who knew no sin became sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I receive right now that I am righteous in Jesus' name. And Lord, my feet are shod, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I put on my feet. Hallelujah. Your gospel. The gospel of peace. Jesus, you're the prince of peace. And I put on the gospel of who you were and who you are. That you're the divine son of God. And that you're my savior. And Lord, I, I clear my thoughts and I cast every care upon you and I put on this gospel of peace in Jesus name and I take the shield of faith wherewith I shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked Lord I lift up the shield of faith and resist the devil in in every fiery dart that he would send and father everyone that he would send uh without me knowing 
Lord, I thank you that you are my guard. You are my protector. And so I lift up this shield of faith and I keep my faith intact, Lord. I keep my faith checked up on on. And I do not, I do not abandon my faith. I do not walk away from my faith and I do not compromise my faith by what I say, what I confess in Jesus name. And Lord, I take the helmet of salvation. Hallelujah. I'm saved. I'm born again, Lord. I've received Jesus Christ as my savior. And I believe father that I am saved. And Father, that means I'm delivered, I'm healed, I'm born again, I'm made a new creature. Hallelujah. And Lord, I don't ever doubt my salvation. God, it was bought with your blood and I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. And Father, I now... Uh, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, that your Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it divides asunder between soul and spirit. And it judges the thoughts and intents of my heart. And Lord, I thank you that nothing gets by that sword. Father, I speak your word into every situation that is for my in my life and in my family. And Lord, in those that you've assigned me to pray for, I take the sword of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And then now I've put it on. Now I can pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Hallelujah. And I watch. I'm a prayer watcher. I'm watching. I'm watching. You know, we are already, you know, this church is watchers. We watch the weather enough to to keep it taken care of, keep it binded, bound up. Hallelujah. We watch. We watch in the spirit. And, you know, a good thing to do when you're praying in the spirit in the morning is just to take a few minutes. It wouldn't take two or three minutes and just looking, watching your heart. And sometimes I'll go around the borders of the nation and I'll just see if anything, if I feel anything or sense anything. And if I do, even if I don't really know what it is, I mean, if I, if I'm over here on the East coast, father, I just thank you that, you're, you're protecting the East Coast today. And Lord, the angels are lined up along the East Coast. You know, or if you, sometimes I'll go around the, the schools, the county schools or the city schools, and I'll just, I'll see them in my heart. I'll see where they're at. Hallelujah. I know the other night I was naming them and I missed a bunch of <laughs> so I trust you're praying too. But, you know, and then there's times that I, I'll pray for the FBI or the CIA or law enforcement and, Hallelujah. And my prayer right now is, Father, you give us a president that honor has a fear and honor of God. I don't care if they're how committed of a Christian as far as I don't care if they're baptizing the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. You know, I just want them to have a healthy fear of God and a, an, a reasonable honor for him. In other words, and I want them to love America. Give us a president that loves America. Give us a president that's not afraid of man, that will stand up and speak boldly and righteously and uh, for America. Uh, give us a man. Uh, give us. I prayed that God would give us a president that would back the police, the sheriffs, the CIA and the FBI. Hallelujah. And the Justice Department. Praise God. I pray, give us a president that will pick the right Supreme Court justices. And we will have godly justices uh, through, you know, it's a lifetime appointment, some of these justice things. Hallelujah. Whoever heard of something is that. I pray.
I'll give us a president that will get term limits, as far as I'm concerned, on all congressmen. Hallelujah. We need a bunch of retirements in Congress. And that's my opinion. I'm a, but I prayed it. it. It was my opinion. I prayed it. I know, you know, there's some that, you know, but I, you know, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I pray, Lord God, give us a president that uh, will be, will, uh, be open and truthful, and I don't know, just pray whatever God puts on your heart. But, you know, if it's not according to righteousness, it's not right. If it's not holding pretty tight to the, and, you know, there's nobody perfect. There isn't any perfect out there, but if it's not pretty close to that which is righteous, uh, it's not right. Lord, give us a president that will back the military, and Lord, that will not, will not cut the military down where they're buying their own socks where they are, which we know that because Taylor West had to buy socks in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, they pay them 25 cents an hour for all they do and then tell them to buy their own socks. Hallelujah. We need a president that uh, loves, that has respect and honor for the military. Uh, man, I tell you what, we ought to bow down when we see them. Uh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, you know, we pray all these things, Lord. I've said them and I've decreed them. I've declared them. But we pray. We pray these things. We pray, Father. Hallelujah. We pray. We bind all uh, uh, dishonesty in the election in Jesus' name. We bind all cheating, fraud, lying, stealing. We bind voter fraud in the name of Jesus, Lord. Expose it. In the name, oh, we give you glory. We give you honor. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, we ask you to give us a precedent that will prosper all of the American people. Not just the wealthy and the super wealthy, but the middle class. And the, that every part of the culture will prop, every part of our nation will prosper financially and will be increased in Jesus' name. Those that want to work, they'll have a job in Jesus' name. And those that don't want to work, they'll suddenly want to. We praise you, Lord God. We ask you, Father. We ask you, Father, to move on behalf of America. Lord, we pray for an intervention. And most of all, we pray for revival across America. And Lord, we pray for America, a president that will not, that will not encroach upon our freedoms of religion. In Jesus' name. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. Lord, we need healing in America. We need revival across America. Pour out of your Spirit upon all flesh like you said you would do in the last days, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Jesus, Jesus. Does anybody else have anything to pray for America or our next president or uh, 